Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome to the podcast. We have the opportunity to hear from one of my favorite friends. I guess I was going to call you my mentor because I feel like you have mentored me in so many ways in life, but then I had to pause because I don't actually think I've been in a formal I mentor think setting. Friends. <laughs> yeah. Friends is so, good. One of my favorite friends, Angela Creel. Um, she's been a long time Lemmy trainer and um, has actually created a couple projects for us or a project for us. So can you take a, um, a little bit of time and introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm Angela Creel. I, um, I have four children and they're all grown ups now, but I, um, I homeschooled all of them through high school. A couple of them went to kindergarten. One of them went to second grade and a little bit of third, but you know, we, we moved around and we pulled her out after we tried again. And we, we homeschool mostly because, um, my older kids were way ahead and they weren't covering things that were new for them. Um, we also homeschooled because there was some bullying at school. Uh, and then in the end, my younger kids who kind of just got pulled along with the rest of us, I was glad we were homeschooling because they had learning challenges that I was able to address that they wouldn't have been able to address very well in the classroom. So it turned out to be a good thing, even though the, the two younger kids, we were homeschooling mostly because um, that was our social group and that was our family culture at the time. So I, besides that, I have, I have taught art classes for, you know, like 25 years. I've taught, that's my thing, I'm an artist but also I've taught the Lemmy classes for a lot of years. I wanna say looking back, well, I don't know. My oldest daughter is 32, so maybe 25, I don't know. Anyway, no, that wouldn't be right. Anyway, I don't know, I'm not gonna do math. At least 20 <laughs> years, I think 20 years because I think she, so. You were pretty, you were there at the beginning. Like, I remember, weren't you there with uh, Sherry? Well, the first, there were two women who went from my group at the very beginning. And they went because they heard about a Shakespeare class and they really wanted to bring it to our community. We had just started like a teenage group in our community. And they went to take Lemmy training and brought it back, brought the Shakespeare class back. And then I got roped into helping with Shakespeare that year. And then they wanted me to go to Shakespeare training the next year because we wanted to offer it to the next group. And so I wasn't like the first person in my area, but I was, I got roped in really quick. Well, and I could see a big change in my own kids, you know, in my, in my oldest daughter, it was just a godsend. It was a really good thing. So I was willing to try you know, I didn't feel like I was a good candidate for Shakespeare, but they thought I would be, and they asked me to go. <laughs> so 
I did, but it turned out that uh, that worked out because I ended up teaching Shakespeare for Lemmy, training training Shakespeare for Lemmy for many years, and I love it. I love it, even though I'm not a real, you know, I'm not like the the natural drama queen girl. I still, it was very fun. I still like playing games <laughs> and laughing and doing all those things. Being socially awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very good at that one. Very good. So you have created the Hero Project. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to creating that project? Yeah. We had, at the time, Lemmy had less scholar project because this was early on. We had less scholar projects offered and we knew we needed a scholar project for for a certain group of kids that were you know kind of in between quest and the other projects that they offered and um my daughter kept saying i want to i want to make my own project i want to make a world war ii project um and she, honestly, I was like, go for it. I'll help you. We'll do this, you know. And she interviewed a ton of World War II vets on camera. And we had this great experience. I mean, just hours and hours and hours worth. We have met like all kinds of vets, all kinds of people who just experienced World War II, maybe not as a soldier, but as a mother or a child or a you know, like a concentration camp, a survivor or, or a lot of different, a lot of different people. So we met these, we met these people, we interviewed them. We, we loved that experience. I knew she wanted to do this. So I was watching all these videos, all the, all these movies. I was reading books thinking when she, it comes time and she says, I'm ready to do this mom. Will you help me? I will have some understanding of what we're doing, you know? And it turned out that when we needed it I went to her and said you know they're going to need a project and she said yeah you know what I really want to take quest this is my year or I can't remember I think that's what she wanted to do and I was like okay <laughs> so I thought I thought well I'm going to sit down at the computer and write all these ideas I have up and send them to the chairman of our commonwealth school and so I sat down and did that. And to be honest, I just wrote it. I just wrote the class. And then I sent it to her. And I said, these are my ideas for the class. Avalon's not interested in it. And she called me up and she said, you know, this is a class. And I said, I kind of know that. Yeah. And she said, and you know, you're teaching it. And I said, oh, I guess I know that too. <laughs> but so I it kind of just... Um, I'd like to say it was a serendipitous situation, you know, that I was, that I, you know, it just was something that I had that I maybe was inspired to do. Um, and at the same time, I did prepare for it. I mean, like I, I researched World War II pretty well, tried to understand the battles and the maps and the timeline and all that stuff. So when it came down to it, I, it was really fresh. So I, while you're talking, it made me think of like, you know what, that is exactly what a good, a really awesome mentor mom does. Like, cause I'm thinking about myself, like, you know, you come to my mom, like, I think I want to do this. And then she would just be like, 
yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like jump all in, get exposed, get everything and like, and be totally ready. You know, like, and I just, I admire that in you because when my comes, my kids come to me and say, I think I want to do this. I say, oh my gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, when your kid comes to you and wants to do something really hard and you even doubt they can do it, you know, like with me, when this kid came to me and she said she wanted to interview all these World War II people, she was so shy. I just didn't, I thought, well, see if she can pull it off. <laughs> you know, I was, I just, but I, I'm just going to say, if you have a kid like that, just back them up because this is, this is hindsight looking backwards. I can, I didn't know this at the time. So it was kind of an accident that I did it, but looking backwards, I can fully say that when your kid has something like that, and even if you're not hundred percent sure they can pull it off, you back them up and you help them that confidence that you show in them will make a difference. And if they can do it, I mean, it will make a big difference. I'm not saying every single time they have some kind of crazy idea, it'll come to fruition. But I am saying if they have an idea and they're, and they are devoted to it and you back them up, they have, you know, a way better chance of getting it done and a way better chance of learning from it. I know that both my daughter Avalon and I, are changed people because of those people we interviewed. We will never be the same. And I'm just super grateful I backed her up, even though, even though I wasn't 100% sure it was really going to go down. <laughs> well, and also makes you think about like, you just, how do you say this? Like, the world's going to beat them up. You know, they're really going to beat them up. Like, the reality of whatever is going to beat them up. And and so for, like, you to be there supporting them, believing them, it's like they're showing that initiative. They're showing just a little bit of interest. And then for you to be the one that beats them up, then that initi the initiative is just squelched before it even it can is. go anywhere, you know? It is. And I don't. I think we don't even know. Sometimes we end up doing that on accident. We don't even know we're doing it. So we just have to honestly listen closely to what they want. And, you know, honestly, I grew from that. Even though she was the one with the idea, I really grew a lot from that. So it only helped me because I wasn't interested in World War II at all. I, I love seriously. that. That's so inspiring because it's like, I'm not a... You're not a history buff. You're not someone who's like, you know, knows every naval ship and plane. And, yeah. but yet, you know, it's like, here, this is a call I'm filling in and I'm going to do it. And like, it, looking back on what that project has done for other people. I mean, when I taught the project, I interviewed my neighbor and he, um, we had to do it over Zoom because I was teaching online. And so his daughter came to help him do it because she had never, um, he didn't know how to use Zoom. But yeah let's just face it he's right. 95 like it's okay yeah. like and so she was there with him and afterwards she was she came to me like tearful and was like thank you so much for taking that time i heard stories that i've never heard my father ever say before you know and he died a year later like so yeah. because of what you did and created that project then it's like you know things happen and then also like i interviewed my grandma and I heard stories about my family that I've never heard before. And then I recorded it and then I put it on a podcast and I gave it to all my cousins, all 90 something of them. There's a million of them because my grandma had a lot of kids. But like that one thing that you chose to do 
has a ripple effect that's like affects thousands. You know, that's how change happens. Yeah, I love to hear you say that. I had sim I had similar experiences. I've seen that in my classes and I I love to hear that. I I kind of don't think I should take credit for it because it wasn't like even my intention, right? But it that that's kind of how this kind of learning works, I think, is that uh, you accidentally inspire other people when you're just trying to, uh, honestly, I, I bet you most of the people I know who do TJ Ed get into it for the same kind of reasons I do. They knew people, they kind of got pulled along. They thought their kids would enjoy it. They thought, oh, I want my kids to learn who Shakespeare is or whatever, all the things. And then you end up growing and learning and doing better for your own self and then you inspire other people like I would never have I was inspired by you Tatiana because you wrote a sort of sort of freedom which my kids took and so honestly that I don't know that my daughter would have even thought about that except she knew that you had written sort of freedom so I honestly as we all reach for uh, higher education as we all reach for the thing to learn more about the things we're passionate about we're of course gonna inspire others that's kind of the beauty of becoming a learning mentor that's kind of the beauty of um, being a parent who does this is that we uh, sometimes we feel like we're trying to hold on by our fingernails but this is really happening where we're inspiring each other and we're learning all kinds of really cool stuff well, Angela, I know you totally inspired me. I mean, you were the one that pulled me into it <laughs> when you moved um, up closer to me and, and started a new group uh, and then became a mentor for my uh, four older boys. I mean, it was like, yeah, I, I'm so grateful for that. It's definitely your life has been has had so many ripples into mine and my kids. It's It's amazing. Especially yeah, really kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially I mean, you were talking about Shakespeare, and I mean, I, I, you remember Josh and Shakespeare that first year? Oh my gosh! And I was like, okay, <laughs> we. I mean, I think every single year in in Shakespeare, it's, it's even now, it's like they're never going to do this. They are yeah. not going to pull this off. How in the world <laughs> are these kids going to memorize their lines and not trip over each other? You yep. know, and then, oh my gosh, they do it. I know. Josh was really great in that. I don't know. It was, it was fun because even I, I mean, you know, some of it's faking it. And that week before the, the week before we did that play, I thought, we're not going to get this done. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. lo and behold, they show up, they, they pull it together. They do their hard stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and you, we, so this is the little background. Heidi and I started a group together um, and then I moved, you know, I moved maybe eight years later. I, we were in the group for maybe it's not, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm not going to do the math, but I, I moved several years later after three, all four of my kids participated in that group at some point for something. And um, it was a great opportunity for me. It was a great learning experience. And, and Heidi joined, uh, you know, she was right there at the beginning. 
she was on our constitution committee. She was, I want to say she was part of the executive board at the beginning. And, and then she ended up, you know, taking that group a long time after I left and she like brought it up from where I had, I, I just felt like, Oh, so thankful Heidi's here. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do, you know, I wouldn't have been able to pull this off. I wouldn't be able to do this. And I think that's how it goes. We help each other. We work together. Um, to be honest, some of my best friends are, are people I've met through this. And, um, you know, it's, it's enriched my life in more than just knowing about World War II. It's enriched my life in a lot of ways. So while you were talking, I kind of had an epiphany because you said, you know, people stumble into like leadership education or they stumble into, I mean, they don't necessarily like choose. It's like, let's look at all the options for my children, you know, like it's something that they find or they stumble upon. And um, it made me think about like, you know, what I think is a huge requirement of being successful doing this is being a person of faith not necessarily faith that like in a higher power or faith like in a certain you know religious denomination but you just are a person that can believe because yeah. you, you you know when you were talking about the story of your daughter i was like you had total faith in her well well i mean but you, or okay let's say you you were willing to just make the jump with her I, you know i was I, willing to have to i was trying to have faith in her and i yeah. was acting faith doesn't faith, the, faith doesn't yeah faith. there you go you acted in faith faith doesn't yeah. look like you know you know everything or that it's going to work out the way you would what you picture in your head but it's the it's the courage to act in faith and i was, I was thinking about like you know the shakespeare play it's so much faith. It takes so much faith as a yeah. Shakespeare mentor to be like, okay, I'm just going to go out there and the curtains get open and hopefully we yeah. don't fall completely flat on our face. But like, yeah. as I've <laughs> trusted in that faith, like that's when amazing, beautiful things happen. Like things you can't describe or you can't explain because they're so transformational. You see a kid go from the shell of a, of a little kid to this powerful, amazing man. And you're like, how'd that happen? And it's like faith. I, I, I created an opportunity. I don't know. I just had this. I was thinking about it as you were talking. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the definitely an ingredient. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of people also get into it because the social thing for their children. But um, I know I, I remember talking to the first group and saying, look, this is why I would like to have this. I would like to have a group for my kids so they can learn and it's cool to learn and they're learning and growing with their friends. And I could see, I could visibly see all the lights in all the parents' eyes light up. Like we all wanted the same thing and we were all willing to like make it happen. We, you know, and I had some kind, I had some kind of avenue or device to go down and make it happen and they were on board and and it's because it was true my you know I wanted my kids to think Shakespeare was cool and and George Washington and all the people that are really cool <laughs> you know I wanted them to really get it and to want to memorize the Declaration of Independence and all of that and you know what it worked <laughs> it so worked and it was true it's because we acted in faith we thought we want this, we can make it happen. Let's do it. Yeah. 
one of the things I, uh, one of the classic calls I just recently listened to um, was about say, go, be, do, which Tiffany Earle, um, it's, it's like a term, it's a principle about, you know, when, when you get that prompting, like you were prompted for your daughter to help her and support her in that, you know, you say what needs to be said, you do what needs to be, you know, needs to happen. You go where you need to go and you be who you need to be. And I think that you know, I had I had never heard of that term before, but I really that like encapsulates leadership education for me and, and my experience in it because um I mean my fourth son was um you know I had done classical education, that classical philosophy for my for years, and then my fourth son, you know, started to want to be taught and it did not work. And I was like, Oh no, no, and that is, you know, I had to do something. And I tell him all the time, if he hadn't been, I don't say this, but the problem child, you know, if, if he hadn't been a, a challenge for me, I wouldn't have opened my eyes. I wouldn't have listened. I wouldn't have heard and done what needed to be done. And because of him, our entire family changed. And that's when I opened my eyes, you know, and heard about, leadership education and then Angela came into my life and you know I mean one of the same things okay I have five sons and when I started homeschooling one of the scariest things for me is that my kids my five sons if we were you know homeschooling I didn't know anything about homeschooling at that point I was just dipping my toe in I thought okay how are my boys ever going to learn how to flirt how are they ever going to learn how to <laughs> how to deal with women other than me. Angela I believe I can them. take some credit for some of that in Shakespeare. You, I think we did a little totally. bit of work on them. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, all of the, they learned how to flirt. They learned how to treat women well. I mean, Shakespeare taught that. It was amazing. Angela also yeah. tried to teach my son how to burp and then yeah. he also had to um she also tried to teach him how to walk like a drunk but I yes. mean hopefully they, he, he won't use those those skills he will use the you know the flirting and all of that but you know but we do hard things in Lemmy okay <laughs> I think it's a rite of passage to learn how to burp, though, because I had to do that same thing for for my Shakespeare play. My mom's like, you know, we got to burp. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that on demand. Who knows how to do that on demand? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know. knows yet. So. He, he <laughs> tried so hard, and he, he came a long way. <laughs> you know, he was... Get burp on demand. <laughs> the cool thing about that year was that he was not a very, he was kind of a serious student. He was not a very funny, not that he can't be funny, but he just, that what his personality is more serious and focused. And we had him play Toby um, from um, Twelfth Night, who is incorrigible. He's a drunk, he's goofy, and absolutely. Andy was not goofy. I mean, he's never goofy. He's just together, you know, and, uh, but it gives you a moment to get out of your skin and to try on different skins and to try different things. And, 
you learn a lot about yourself. I know he learned a lot about himself. Right here. <laughs> I learned a lot about him too. I mean, that was fun. That was a fun memory. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I haven't thought about that in a long time. No, I'm, I'm just very grateful for that. We're interrupting this broadcast to remind you to share and subscribe. Also, be sure and check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. <laughs> so speaking of memories, do you have like a memory of how the community or specific project really helped a specific child or the community helped you get through a challenge? Someone, something like yeah you know um I think there's you know what I was thinking about this earlier in preparation for the podcast and I there are so many it happened every class I mean there was and sometimes it happened to multiple kids in the same class you're like oh my goodness look at this change um one of the most dramatic changes that I ever saw was we had a kid come in this is with their first year um, in the group and it was my first time teaching um, hero project so it was like a pilot year it was a smaller group maybe six or seven I think there might have been seven kids and um, and this kid was one of those kids and he was the same age as the other kids, but he had never had a scholar project. And his mom told me she thought he was autistic. And, but she had never had him tested. And he wasn't somebody who um, connected with other people. I'm sure that's why she thought he was autistic. He just did not ever connect with other people. And we started off the class on a really bad note because I think he was the first presentation and he um he plagiarized it and I called him out I'm actually really good at getting people on that so if you ever wind up in a class of mine don't do it because I will catch you so I called him out talked to his parents you know we worked it out so he could redo it and and repent and come back to class and all that stuff so we start out on a really bad note and he wasn't somebody who connected. And the other kids in the class were all these like hotshot kids. You know, they were the cool kids. They were a little bit sassy, you know. And I just thought, this, is this kid ever going to sink with any of these other kids? And it was a small class. So you really want there to be a connection between the people in the class. Because you, you talk about stuff. You share stuff. You get close, right? And... Um, and you know, we just worked the program. We just, we just, I, I had a student mentor and we just mentored him like we had been taught. We mentored him, you know, using the stay, be, stay, go, be, do thing, you know, just trying to go, go with our gut, consider our, consider our students and what they needed, consider, you know, what will be best and, and have, we had little meetings after class to, to talk to each other, how's it going? What what do you think we should, you know, is there something we need to do? And you know what? By the end of that class, he was he was so in sync with those kids. So here's somebody who has no social connection with other people, 
And then all of a sudden he's one of the cool kids. And at the same time, he's taking Shakespeare. You know, we had two classes offered the same day. So he took, he took my class in the morning and then Shakespeare in the, in the afternoon. And in Shakespeare, they ended up putting him, um, uh, the character's name escapes, Jacques from, Jacques from, uh, As You Like Oswald, It. Well, As You Like It, that's it. And, um, and he has like one of the most famous soliloquies and he's, he's got a real personality. Jacques is not somebody who is flat. And this kid was flat when he came into class. And I don't know, I doubt he ever got diagnosed with anything because he just did not have the support that he needed to flourish. And uh, like I said, I wasn't super, like I didn't baby him. The first thing I did was slap him down and say, dude, you can't plagiarize in my class. And I held him to a, you know, a certain level of standards and I treated all the kids in the class like that. But he came so out of his shell, people did not recognize him. It was an unbelievable transformation. And I can't say that I did one thing that changed him. And like I said, he had Shakespeare at the same time, but the way we teach these um, scholar projects, I'm sorry if I, if I have noise where I'm at, I tried to make it so it was quiet in here, but there's a kitten and they can make a lot of noise. But I, I didn't, it wasn't anything I did. It was just the way we taught the classes and being mentored by somebody, being, just being mentored as opposed to being taught. And also having the kids interact, having all the discussions, having projects that, that they have to do together. And um, it, was, it was an extraordinary year for me, really seeing the power of the projects and, and the wonders they can work in somebody's life. And yes, they can make kids smarter. Yes, they can teach kids really important things and they come out knowing what the constitution is about. And, and all of those things, but, but they all, it also changes their life. It helps them be able to face life, to think on their feet and to interact and to be able to stand up in front of people and to have confidence in their themselves and to connect. It was, it was a really amazing transformation. It was, it was a really amazing transformation, you know? including for me, I feel transformed seeing it. It's beautiful to hear stories like that. But I like how you said, it's like, you know, we didn't, you didn't do anything other than what you, you know, mentored him and did the project, did the work, did the work and you mentored him. And I think it's just like a testament to the power of, of classics, the power of Shakespeare, you know, like the power of, of mentoring. Like it's, a, it's it really is the difference between success I feel like in a kid that's struggling and not I was reading a book called Our Kids by Robert Putman and he does a study about like the middle from the 1950s to 2000 and he's studying like poverty and um, like abundance and wealth by studying the census and he tried to figure out what was the determining factor as to how a person or a family or a community gets out of poverty and it's super fascinating to read. It's really, really good. But one of his main things he said is rich or affluent families, their children have adult mentorship. 
that isn't paid to be in their lives. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, and the difference between helping a child get out of, um, out of that poverty is finding adults who will be in their lives, teach them something and love them. Yeah. And, and then he like shows a bunch of examples of people who were able to get out of extreme poverty into like abundance. And all of them have the same story. I found this guy or found this woman or had this teacher. And so it really does. It's, it's so transformational. And I don't know necessarily all the science or reason behind it, but it works. I, I think, I think you hit on it right there that um, like one thing that I told every single training group that I taught in Lemmy was that the kids know if you like them, you can pretend to like them. And if you don't like them, it's, they're not, these aren't dumb people. They may not have read the same books as you, but they are, you know, perceptive and so you have to find it in your heart to care about them, to invest in them and to love them. You just have to. And to be honest, it's a skill. It's a skill set that we all need to that we all need to practice. Because and 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 you know, honestly, with our own kids, that's why we end up giving them all the things that we do. That's why we provide them with opportunities and that's why we show up for them. And but but when you <laughs> Anybody who has teenagers, so it, probably anybody who hears this, who has any teenagers, will get this. There's a point where your kid is done with you. Uh, they're not completely done, but they're like, I'm not listening to you. I don't care what you say. You know, there, it, there's some times when they just don't want to hear what you have to say. And they don't believe you because you're just mom or you're just dad. But when you have a trusted mentor, a trusted adult mentor, and... And by trusted, I mean mom and dad trust them. And I trust them. And I can go to them. It's a huge force for good in somebody's life. Somebody who will believe in them that doesn't have to. You know, mom and dad, you can look at it and say, well, they have to. They're my mom and dad. You know, it would be embarrassing if they didn't like me, you know, and it probably would be. But, you know, Mrs. Creel or Miss Angela or whatever they wanted to call me when I when I liked them when I cared about them when I asked them what's wrong or I know you can do better or all those things you know you have to show up honest but you also have to show up caring you have to invest some you have to be a little bit vulnerable and then invest some actual heart into it and, and you're right. That is, that's the secret. That's the secret. And every parent who has somebody like that in their kid's life, thanks God for him every day. You know, I, I have thanked God for Heidi so many times for mentoring my children because uh, two of them, she really worked with closely. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate her showing interest and um, confidence in that, in them and their skills, even when they didn't believe it, they didn't believe they had skills or confidence. She was there to show that. And it makes a difference in how they grow up. I was also thinking while you're talking about how it's not just the uh, adults that are mentoring, they're mentoring each other, you know, like, 
I how great I, looking back I was so grateful that I had friends who cared to talk about Plato with me <laughs> like like you had a group of friends so you could be like yeah what did you think about like what that speech was you know um what's the speech we have to read in TGYC that um John Brown no not uh Martin Luther's thesis like who okay 15 year olds reading that you know yeah. <laughs> or here I stand is that what he says here I stand his uh, Martin Luther's here I stand Martin Luther's here I stand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, or the communist manifesto. I mean, <laughs> what other fifteen-year-old reads the communist manifesto? We do. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> sit down with a group of friends that you can talk to about ideas and not just the latest fashion trends or TikTok trends, but like real. You know that I feel like for me was invaluable. Just being able to like talk ideas and listen. You know, learn mm. to li- learn to be there, and then have the cool kids be. The kids that are obsessed with, you know, World War Two planes and like those are now the yeah. cool, you know, like <laughs> or armament. Yeah, there, yeah, all the different little rabbit holes you can go down. Absolutely, I think that um, I I think that uh, my kids they still have friends that they went to scholar projects with and. Um, and like, especially my second daughter, she, there's these boys that they, we used to call them litter mates because we kind of figured nobody would ever really date each other. Because they, they, knew, they were too close, you know, they grew up together and, but they still get their families together. They all come together with their little kids. They go to each other's weddings. We've had, we've had a funeral. We've lost one. Um, they came together to grieve together and to support each other. And they, you know, like I'll go over to my daughter's house and she'll say, oh, I'm tired because Corey was over here last night until 11 o'clock. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> they're talking politics. You know, they're still talking about ideas with these same friends. Avalon, my oldest daughter, she has a group that meets like once a week at a coffee shop or something and they come together to talk about ideas. So you're setting up, you're not just setting up like, okay, it's fun that my, you know, my teenager likes to talk about things that don't seem very teenagerish that, that are, that seem, you know, like hard things to, to understand and hard things to talk about, but you're setting up kind of a lifestyle. They will always want more um knowledge and they'll always want to understand and they will they won't just vote because of a commercial they will go and vote because they read they read the proposition they researched the guy's voting record they you know they they i'm not saying they'll all vote for the same thing i can guarantee that won't happen but they will all vote thoughtfully you know and they will all get together and they'll talk about important stuff. It's a whole different thing than when people get together and, you know, they want to go to the bar and, and it's really, there's not a lot of deep conversation, you know? Anyway, I think, I think we're setting them up for some really good things in their life that can be rich and full and interesting and, and, and a lifelong education kind of a situation. I, I totally agree. I've seen that happen in my own kids. Um, 
one thing I want to be sure I, I'm going to kind of go backwards a little bit and go back to um, Hero Project. We've talked about classics. And one of the things I love about Hero Project is you kind of introduce a different way of thinking of classics. So many mm. of the other classics that we deal with in the other projects are, are the books or the speeches and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about what your goal was for, you know, have a look at classics a little bit differently? Yeah. So honestly, I think being a Shakespeare teacher influenced me. Being a Shakespeare mentor influenced me in doing the Hero Project. That's what I did before Hero. I did it, you know, I did it every year. <laughs> then I did Hero. But um one thing you learn about in, in Shakespeare is everybody has a role in the play and everybody's important, even if it's, you know, the boy, the servant or whatever, we have them make their own names up and they have, uh, they, they have to be on their cues because they're giving other people cues. They're bringing something important on there. It only works if everybody plays their part and does their part they're all different, right? There's somebody who's a clown. There's somebody who's a leading man. There's somebody who's a singer. Maybe that's all they do is come out, sing a song or, or whatever it is. Um, so <laughs> there's all these parts that people play. And when we did, when I put together hero project, like I said earlier, it was kind of loosely based on these interviews that my daughter and I had gone to together. And, um, it, that was such a powerful thing to be able to learn from people. And I also read the book, Education of a Wandering Man by Louis, Louis L'Amour around that time. And to be honest, don't quiz me on that one. It's been a while, but he, he talks about that, about finding the old guy sitting on a rocker in front of the general store and finding out about the town from that guy. And he had like these, this, this, amazing file I want to say files of he has the most extensive files of individual stories of western people like pioneers sheriffs you know women who women who made it on their own as farmers or whatever all these different crazy stories because um, they're crazy I mean what people did to survive and what they had to do and and what people can endure and how they can rise and be amazing people in the worst of circumstances and the most primitive conditions. It, it's amazing. And he collected all these by talking to people and by reading about people, but a lot of it was by talking to people and he would, and he put these files together. And at the time he had the most, I assume he probably still, you know, he's passed, but I'm, I'm, pretty sure that is the most extensive group of uh, accounts of Western people, Western United States people, you know. And I just felt like between those two, between learning it from Louis Moore and then doing it with my daughter, that being able to get the story from people really touched your heart in a way that nothing else did. And being able to talk to them, I just felt like this is, not only is this it is a classic. You're hearing right from the word of the person, but also you're um, you're talking to somebody who you can see, you can touch, 
you know, who might give you a hug on the way out, who maybe feeds you, but shows you their ration card from World War II. Somebody who, you know, the amazing people that we interviewed, you would not believe. I, I, we interviewed a woman who was a code breaker, breaking codes for where her husband was in Europe. He was in the European theater and she was breaking the codes to send to them. And she was never allowed to tell her family what she did until the 80s. We interviewed her in the 90s. So it was like, <laughs> it just blew my mind. And we, we interviewed all kinds of people that did things and they were all very different. They all, their stories were all very different, but all very touching. And to bring it back to that Shakespeare thing, that's what life is about. We are all different. We all play our part. And it's not all the same. You don't have to do what Gandhi did. You don't have to be um, John Adams. You do not have to be Martin Luther King Jr. or Martin Luther. You don't have to be those people. You can be the person who you are. And, and it may be that you are the servant bringing on you know, the tray and cueing the next guy or whatever that's still really important to the big picture it's still really important even if you even if nobody knows your name and um to me honestly that kid that i talked about whose mom thought he was autistic and then turns out he was a normal kid that just didn't have enough support that's my own personal <laughs> you know but the change in him i'm pretty dang sure that was what it was but he the reason he changed was because we were teaching him that he had a part to play he was an important person he was an individual he wasn't just one of the dumb masses that wasn't important he was somebody important whether everybody knew his name or not and that he had qualities that we needed on this earth and this is kind of a heavy one, but since this is adults, I'll say this. So yesterday there was a, not yesterday, but a couple of days ago, there was a celebrity who died of suicide. And I don't know his real name, but his name is Twitch. He was on the Ellen show. He was their DJ or whatever. And gosh, you know, social media is just full of stuff about him today. But just remember, that one person matters a ton. He isn't George Washington, but he made a huge difference to people who, you know, were inspired by him to dance or, or, or even just be a member of a family or, you know, whatever. And so we all make that difference. And it's important for each of us to know that because, you know, not just because of suicide, but because we have to show up and play our part, you know? Well, it, it, I, um, when you said he was an individual who mattered and had great worth, um, I was uh, listening to Jordan Peterson's podcast and he was interviewing a man who um, had brought the Bible to all over the, like, uh, India. And he says, people don't understand that this concept of belief that the individual has great worth is the difference between extreme poverty and the abundance in America. Because as a society, when you believe 
as a society, that the individual has great worth, then that's when the individual rights are protected, which enable you to be free. And he's like, but what's happening is we aren't doing that anymore. We're not teaching that anymore. We're not instilling that into our children or communities anymore. So we're losing our freedom. We're losing our freedom because we're not teaching them that you individually have great worth. Okay, so then, you know, then we get into fights about what is an individual. And then we get into all this, like, degrading downward, right? But he's like, we have to go back to this very basic premise, which was taught in the Bible. That's why, the, I mean, like, whether you believe that the Bible was written by God or written by men, is, 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 is this guy's premise was basically, it doesn't matter. Because the fact is, look at the countries that have adopted the premises of the beliefs of the Bible, which is the individual matters. That's what the whole message is of the Bible. And look at those countries. Where are they compared to the rest of the world? They're yeah. free, they're happy, and there's more individual freedom in those countries than anywhere else. And as soon as that goes away, dictators reign, Hitler reigns, Stalin reigns. Like, and, and so people think like, oh, you know, I got to go out and do this big grand thing. But you're right. No, no, you need to be you. You need to be who you are and you need to be comfortable being who you are and know that that is that you don't need to be the Instagram star. Right. And That's not even really that important. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and And like, I feel like. I actually was teaching Shakespeare today and, and you know, that, uh, that, uh, activity where they knit and weave, and then you ask yeah. them to, um, line up according to a bunch of things. Right. And <laughs> last time I taught Shakespeare was, I was not very old. I think I was like probably 19. So, like, um, <laughs> so it's been a long time, but, um, I was teaching Shakespeare and I, we were doing this activity. I was like, Oh, this is a silly activity, whatever. <laughs> like, we're doing this and we've and then why i'm asking them to line up and i'm asking them to line up for these different things i'm like oh my gosh this is such a profound deep huge psychological development activity and it dawned <laughs> on me i was like yeah because all of us are comparing each other and all of us are trying to figure out where do i stand in a group of people who yeah. am i you know and we judge ourselves on our height and our eyes and our hair color and our shoe size and our weight and all these things and then like but but then what I want them to have happen at the end, and I was actually, you know, teaching them, I was like, all of you compared yourself in this activity, and maybe you placed yourself in this line according to how you see yourself, but I really hope at the end of this, this semester, you place your line in the way I see you, which is beautiful and powerful and smart and intelligent, and I really hope you see that because I really love you. And like, it was because it was so hard for me when I asked the kids like line up according to intelligence. And I saw kids who were like, you know, everyone, I, I was hoping everyone would just be in the middle, right? Like just a big blob. We're all equally intelligent. But no, there was a huge line. And I was like, wait, how's this? No, you don't think yeah. you're smart? You know, like, it was so insightful. And I'm just so grateful that you, you bring this up because it was like a huge epiphany. Like, this classes isn't just about, you know, teaching them these skills. It's about building a foundation in America and in the world where people can be free. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And, and just to take it back to what we talked about in the beginning with Avalon, my daughter and her um, interviews, they're, they're worthy and they're, they're important 
and they're also capable. And I think that's the thing that blows parents' minds. I have had so many parents tell me, I don't think my, my kid is capable of this. And generally, you look at the kid and you think, well, a lot of kids just like him do it all the time. <laughs> you know? I mean, usually, but it's when we see them as capable and we and they become bigger than they would be otherwise. They, they become more able to show up, like I said, you know, and I love I love the way that's a that, okay, just so everybody knows that story she just told about lining up, you know, by shoe size and stuff. That's a good mentor. In the end, you always get the last word in the debrief. And to be able to leave that debrief by saying, you guys are extraordinary people. And that's how I see you. That is a good mentor. And you know what? I know that Tati really saw those kids like that. She really loved the kids and she saw that they were great people. And you know what? That's because they are. They, every one of these kids is precious. Every one of these kids has, you know, to go back to Dickens, great expectations. That doesn't mean they're going to be, a, you know, an Instagram star going to that. But it does mean that they have a lot of capability. And if, if one of my kids turns out to be a great dad, to me, that is, that is something we really need in the world. I mean, if that's what they're geniuses and that's what their big thing in life is if they are a great dad I will feel so fulfilled and I know actually I know some of my kids have turned out to be great dads so yay <laughs> but by my kids I mean the kids that I well my kids but also my kids that I um, taught anyway no, I, I totally know what you mean. They're all our kids, aren't they? They just become our yeah. kids. Your kids are my kids. Yeah. My kids are your kids. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. We love them. They break our hearts. Yeah. They yeah. mend our hearts. They do they all do. the things. They do. Well, I wish we had forever to keep going, but our time is pretty much up. Um, Angela, where can we find you? Can you give us your, your, um, your yeah. website and everything so that. So my name is Angela Creel and I am Angela Creel art on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, which I almost never get on. So don't, don't follow me there. And also that's my, that's my website, Angela Creel art.com. Awesome. And I love your art. I highly recommend Thank everybody you. go see Angela's website. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you, Heidi. This was fun. I'm glad to talk to you. I, not only because I love you both, but it's been fun to talk about this. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's definitely been our pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.